hello everyone, and welcome back to the Fan Fiction Tapes. Today's episode is going to be another a trope roundtable. I'm your host, Maya, and I'm joined by... Hi, it's Dylan, I'm back again! <laughs> Finally! <laughs> it's good to be home. <laughs> welcome back, Dylan, and I'm our producer, Ian. Today's episode is a personal favorite trope. I put it in a lot of stuff I write, and there was only one bed. For those of you who aren't as engaged in fandom space, or for those of you who are, but less interested in romance, you may be unfamiliar with this trope. And this name is kind of one of the joking monikers it gets. I believe in more published romance, it is referred to as like forced proximity, but the basic function of it is thus two characters or more but usually just two are they're at a hotel they're in a house there's some circumstance which forces them to share a bed of course from there you can uh, enter with drama and potentially tension to develop deeper platonic or romantic feelings between the characters now tracing the origin of Something as simple as forced proximity is really difficult, but it started to gain a lot of popularity in fandom in the late 70s. A long time ago, I know. Uh, I found a very interesting article by Sci-Fi, and we'll try and put this link in the description for you to this article, because it's generally very interesting. I enjoyed it. Was a 1979 fanfic written for Star Wars. A non-romantic interaction between Han and Luke. What's interesting to me about this is that its origins are... It's used more for humor than it is for anything else. Today, a lot of the uses I see for it is it's both humor and a relationship developer. But that was evidently not always the case. Well, uh, you can also think back... Uh, I I'm sure Contra will appreciate uh, this, but sending like... Planes, trains, and automobiles. I believe that happens. Um, I can't say I'm familiar with that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've I've seen that either. Well, the premise is the guy wants to get home to his family for Christmas, and due to this guy he meets, uh, he can't. So he spends the rest of the film trying to figure out how to get home when, you know, most of transport he can't access. I think it's Thanksgiving or Christmas. Uh, it's one of the two. And uh, they have to spend a night in a motel together, him and this dude who's been ruining his, you know, trying to get home to his family. And they have to share a bed, and it is used for comedy, <laughs> rather than any sort of relationship building. It's mm. like, god damn it, why am I stuck with this dude <laughs> in this bed? It's like, the protagonist sort of hit worst moment. I'm stuck in this bed this dude, and I just want to be home with my family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess this is a good transition to what, uh, kind of the first thing I want to cover was uses of it we like. I actually struggled to think of any more mainstream fiction that I like that's used it, because by volume, most of what I consume is fan fiction, go figure. And lately, there's there's been a couple things I've liked. There's a Perkabeth, uh, which is a ship from Percy Jackson, and then Pharmacy, which is a ship from Overwatch that I've read in the last few weeks. They both, I think, did a good job with it. 
and other neat things as well. Uh, Ian, are you saying anything? Well, okay. So, sorry, I, I, Zoom was saying you were saying, and I was, I thought I might have screwed up my audio again. So, in in terms of like uh, mainstream and like classic literature that uses this trope, I was trying to remember if this comes up in anything like in Shakespeare, and I remembered that it actually it actually comes up as a point of drama in Othello. Interesting. I think that yeah. was um. The way my high school split up Shakespeare and literature, I think that was one of the ones I did not get to read. Okay, so the major drama in Othello is that the villain of of this show, Iago, is trying to sow jealousy between uh, the titular Othello and his wife Desdemona. And he does this by trying to convince Othello that Desdemona is cheating on him. Right. Part of this plot is, at one point, Iago shares a bed with another male character, uh, Cassio, and he later reports to Othello that Cassio fondled him in his sleep while murmuring Desdemona's name. Huh. Interesting. That is... I did not expect to have an example of what's probably going to be considered by a lot of people really classic literature with that and it's also an interesting use of it for drama um yeah i feel feel like a lot more often it's played for like comedy yeah it's usually played for comedy and honestly most of the times i've seen it it focuses on the interactions between two characters the ones sharing the bed Mm -hmm. but this neither of the two characters whose relationship is being developed here are sharing that bed. I mean, they're presumably sharing a different bed, but not the bed in question. Yeah. Something I see leveled a lot at this trope is that it's not super realistic. Meh. Which, I mean, for one, (laughs) it's fiction. It's not supposed to be necessarily realistic, but it is also somewhat realistic. I've had conferences where I've had to travel and hotel bookings have gotten screwy. So, if you're worried about the realism of it, it can absolutely happen. You can use it in so many different ways, too. You don't have to just uh, have it be, you know, platonic, romantic. There's always the comedy route, as we've just mentioned. And it's always great to do the comedy route. You can get many laughs. But it, as a tool... It's very usable, is the best I will say. Uh, so many different uh, options. And when you find good tools like this, use them. They're so good. And uh, there's also a familiarity when it comes to using a trope like this. And uh, as Maya's mentioned, big fan of this trope. So you put this in your work, Maya's going to instantly love it. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a that's another one for the checklist of things to instantly get Maya to read your work. Lesbians and only one bed. I'm I'm going to get roasted by you two for this, but I believe last week I brought up a book by a friend of mine, Riley. Mhm. The Fool, the Lover, is the Devil. Yes. Which also has some elements of and there was only one bed. <laughs> And the way it's used, I'm not going to spoiler it, but I do like the way kind of the trope and some of the elements of it are used in unusual ways. That's that's all I'm going to say for now. Hmm. Um, I believe we will have 
perhaps some more details on that if we have Riley on in the future. Sounds like I need to read this book. <laughs> I think you would enjoy it, yeah. It would help if I could read. Unfortunately, I'm illiterate. <laughs> uh, so, Maya, can I ask now, uh, besides for, like, do you have, like, much experience using it, and what is your main reason for using it? Like, okay. why? Um, I have used it a few times, uh... And the reason is that I consider myself something of a comedy writer. It's not the sole focus of what I write, but I do try to implement comedy into it. And There Was Only One Bed is something that can be used for both comedy and character and relationship development, which is great. It's two birds, one stone. God, I believe the last time I used it was... In I did a uh, fusion between Percy Jackson and Arcane, and I had Kate and Vi have to sleep in the same sleeping bag. I used it for kind of, you know, it's funny, There's they realized, oh shit, we're out of sleeping bags. And then it also leads to some character development of being, you know what, I hate her a little bit, but I guess I'll just have to share a sleeping bag. I did kind of um, off-screen some relationship development with it, but meh. It's fanfiction. Dylan, have you used this uh, trope at all? I know you've done some writing. Oh, uh... In writing terms, probably not enough. But uh, what I have used it for is I always, whenever I am DMing a game, I always ask when it comes to, you know, traveling to the tavern and being like, just like, how many rooms do you get? Let's see how that goes. You know. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's always there's always less rooms available at the inn than there are people in the party, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah, and you can basically then uh, using that. Basically, you go okay. Let's uh, let's have some fun interactions here, guys. Let's uh, let's go, and uh, by doing that, you really can for some interesting relationships or build on relationships. You know, maybe, you know, the party awkwardly decides, oh, let's put the two who've not been getting along together. Let's uh, let's put the warlock who has a contract with a devil in with the godly paladin. I mean, well, let's see how that goes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> let's put the kleptomaniac rogue in with the mercenary who's very particular about his gold. We'll just see how it goes. You know? And the, let's put the impressionable young princess in the same room as the uh, alluring foreign half-elf. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you accusing me of here? Um, but yeah, that's really what I, I would use it for. But yeah, I have considered using other places. It is... In, in wrestling, we have the term cheap pop. So if, if you, you know, if you want to get a crowd on side easily, you just say, your local sport team is good. And that's why I kind of feel like here is like, how, how to get over with your readers quickly that you support this ship. Ugh, there's only one bed and they got to interact in that bed somehow. But, uh, you know, it, it's a... Uh, I feel like, as a trope, it's one 
that I I should use. And I do have opportunities in stuff I'm writing coming up. Uh, but also just in D&D in the future, uh, what I should do is <laughs> make it so you're too, too poor to get multiple rooms. Just extort your money out and be like, ah, geez, uh, sorry guys, uh, that room, uh, you, you can only get two rooms. I know there's six of you, but there's only two rooms, so you got to figure that out on your own. You know? <laughs> you, I feel you like that would be Kai good. and Althea share a cell block. Okay. Let's 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 calm down here. <laughs> yeah. Now to pivot a little bit, and well, I don't use it, but uh, I do want to mention my favorite use, and this is more of a bed trope than there was only one bed, but it, it relates. So I'm a huge fan, a huge fan of the video game series uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. And Xenoblade Chronicles 2 uh, takes some of that more anime sort of storytelling, you know, and it uh, does the thing where a sleepwalking woman walks, <laughs> gets into bed with a protagonist, and the protagonist's like, huh? And then she's like, what are you doing in my bed? It's like, what? <laughs> it's my bed. <laughs> And hilarity ensues, and it's great. And the great thing is, in the prequel they then did, because in the original she says, I did it again. And in the prequel, what do they have her do? They have her do it for the first time. So it's great. You get that, <laughs> that double. Two for the price of one, Maya. It's great. You know me. I love two for the price of one. A third one for the list. <laughs> As a writer, I very much enjoy... Um... Getting more bang for my buck, uh, especially because after more than a few thousand words, I kind of tend to tap out. And actually, kind of the mention of D&D earlier uh, reminded me of something else, a comic I recently bought uh, called Real Hero Shit. Um, it's from Iron Spike Comics, I believe, which also has a good use of, and there was only one bed for some character development. And it is also, I suppose I should mention, probably a bit more of an adult comic. So, if that's not your thing, there you go. So, to kind of wrap up our discussion about this, how do we all feel about the trope overall? I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear how I feel. <laughs> so, as a trope, like I said, it's a great tool, something I would recommend if you're trying, if you're an inexperienced writer, Definitely, if you want to try and make a relationship work or start some sort of relationship working, it's something very effective. And by using that, you are forcing yourself to think of, okay, how does the character one react? How does the character two react? What do other characters think? And that's what you should use these things for. It's to not progress, but make... What do the how do the characters react to the situation? Because that's what mostly what you know situational tropes are used for. Is you know you've seen it before, and you go, okay, so that's how those two types of characters react to this situation. But what if I put my own two characters in? How would they react? And and that's why I think, and I think it's a very useful one for beginners who are just starting writing, especially in want to attack romance or shipping 
I definitely think that it's one very useful. And uh, we know that all you degenerates out there definitely use it. And by degenerates, <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> you writers in the explicit and M-rated <laughs> stories, you use this trope. We know. <laughs> uh, well, I've done at least one M-rated fic, so yes. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't smart, but it was fun. That one was actually mostly crack. As we start to close out the episode, do we have anything in the mailbag, Ian? No mail yet. So once again, I would like to encourage everyone who listens to us to leave us a review on whatever you use to uh, catch our podcast. We would really appreciate that. If you have anything you want to share with us, send us an email at fanfictapes at gmail.com. Maya, I think we also have a Twitter, right? Yes, we do. Our Twitter is, I just had this open, at uh, fanfictiontapes. Um, if you also tweet something like a prompt from one of our episodes, ha- uh, we do hashtag the fanfictiontapes for that. If you tweet with that, we'll probably see it. And if you've got like a story from one of our prompts or even just something you'd like to be uh, mentioned on episode, we'll see if we can fit it in uh, if we like it. Can I make a quick statement? Go Hit ahead. Me. Arcane fan. My name is Dylan, but... <laughs> don't. <laughs> I, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm a good... Maya can attest I'm a good person. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's my statement. <laughs> if you're not an arcane or in a couple of groups, you that might not make, make much sense to you, but... Well, I think we might have to save that for an Arcane episode. Or maybe an episode on OCs. <laughs> okay. Because that is um, quite the tale. Uh, for this episode, uh, we have a prompt for you. Pick two of your favorite characters. Doesn't matter what media they're from. Pick a situation. The one that I was envisioning when I wrote this is... They are uh, flipping a house. But really... Anything where there's a situation like this, where they might be forced to share just one bed, go for it. And they get snowed in. The rest, that's up to you. All right. And this is our last episode in February. Uh, And here in the U.S., February is Black History Month, so we've been trying our best as a mostly white crew to shout out black authors and creators. This week, I would like to encourage everyone to who hasn't yet to go read N.K. Jemisin. She is a fantastic science fiction author, and her Broken Earth trilogy set a couple of records in Hugo Awards. She's won a Hugo Award uh, three years in a row, and for each book in the trilogy, uh, which are both firsts for the Hugos. And uh, go read N.K. Jemisin. I need to do that. I have been recommended that series over and over again, uh, and then I forget and go back to reading my lesbian fanfiction. (laughs) That's a mood. (laughs) I need to do better with my literature consumption. Yes, Maya, do better. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think that's uh, all the time we have for this episode today. See you next month. I am and have been Maya. I have been Dylan.
and I have been Ian. Till next time, bye. Okay.